If you are interested in helping out with ministry at an assisted living facility in Crescent City, Florida on Tuesday afternoons, see Brother Bob White. Um, be in prayer for Stiley's uh, wife. She's in the hospital again, potential for uh, another sur- surgery on Monday. We thank the Lord that Annie's here tonight and doing, doing A-OK. That's a blessing. Thank God for that. And um, man, with all this great news about the youth rally, I'd like to be more excited than I am, but i got to go to Connecticut tomorrow. It's 35 and a mix of snow and rain. Uh, I'll be, be in three churches in Connecticut and Massachusetts in the next eight days, three meetings in, in three churches, and one day, one day out of the eight, it's, it's not supposed to be snowing and in the mid-30s. It's supposed to be sunny and in the high 20s. So... <laughs> I need a better manager. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> Amen. All right, First Corinthians chapter 10. First Corinthians 10. We have been enjoying, I, I, I trust we've been enjoying, this tremendous passage in the Bible of warning and admonition. But the scripture says in verse number 12, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. And it just seemed good to take time and have a lesson. We, we really could break this into about six lessons, but we don't want to lose our, our train of thought and our study. But we're going to look tonight at what the Bible says about this matter of standing. And I'm not talking about standing versus state. We're not talking about our, our uh, that, that sort of thing. Just the, the different truths biblically about standing as opposed to falling. I don't want to fall. I want to stand. I don't want to go down. I want to be upright. And so we're going to take a look tonight at a, at a great number of scriptures and see what we can gather uh, regarding this topic. Father, help me tonight to tell the truth. I pray, Lord, that everyone that's come here this evening came desirous of truth. God, deliver us from what Hollywood says and what the news media says and what the politicians say and and as one of our singers sang tonight, from what modern day religion says, and help us, God, to believe your words in the Holy Bible and deliver us from, from vanity and error. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's get three places together all at one time. Psalm number one, book of Psalms, Psalm number one, Romans chapter 14. Psalms 1, Romans 14, and then 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Psalm 1, Romans 14, 1 Corinthians 7. Let's see what we can learn about standing tonight. Psalm number 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man. I want to be a blessed is, don't you? Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners. There's a way that sinners stand. There's a place that sinners stand. There's a company in which sinners stand. Blessed is the man that does not stand in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Now, 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse number 4. Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth. Yea, he should be holden up. For God is able to make him stand. 
God is able to make him stand. And then 1 Corinthians 7, 1 Corinthians 7 might seem like a, an odd place to go, but, but here's what the verse says. 1 Corinthians 7, 37, Nevertheless, he that standeth steadfast in his heart. Now this is choosing whether or not to, to marry, and it's okay to marry, the Bible says that. But if man chooses not to, in order to, to serve the Lord with, with 100% of his time and life and energy, that's, that's approved of as well. But it says, Nevertheless, he that standeth steadfast in his heart, having no necessity, but hath power over his own will, and is so decreed in his heart, he would keep his virgin, doeth well. So, we start with these three verses for this reason. They set a pattern for everything else the Bible says about standing. And here's, here's what's established in these three verses. Number one, blessings result from choosing to stand in the right place with the right people. That's, that principle holds all through the Bible. Second, God... God, when He sees a man or a woman make that proper choice, God will strengthen and enable that individual to stand in the right place with the right people. So many people say, well, you know, if God wants me to stand there, He'll just, He'll give me the strength to do it. He will not give you the strength to stand in the right place if you don't want to stand in the right place. But when God looks in your heart, looks in my heart, and sees that we want to stand in the right place with the right people for the right cause, God will provide the strength that is necessary to take that stand. What a blessing that is. And then the the third verse we looked at says that we learn that standing requires a determination of the heart, a submission of the will, a devotion to purpose. If you're not serious about it, you won't stand. If you don't mean business, you're go, you, you might be up and down, more down than up, or more up than down. But, but the qualification for standing is, I have to purpose in my heart and devote myself in full submission to the truth of the Word of God. I'm going to do what's right. And where, where that heart is found, I mean this, as sincerely as I know how to say this, I mean this all in my heart. I am not a finished product. I am not a, a, a spiritual giant, anything like that. But I'm telling you, the reason after 40 years of watching people quit on God and drop out of church and go back into the world, I'm telling you, the reason I'm still here and they're gone is because I want to be here and they didn't. Now you say, you say what you want, there's a great God in heaven, and He will enable you to do what's right if you want to. But if you don't want to do what's right, if you don't want to be in the right place and stand for the right things and hold to the right truth, God's not going to make you do that. He's not going to uh, force you force you against against uh, against your will. Um, I read this week, I was telling Brother David, uh, old book, old, old book, things about to fall apart. I was, I, was, I was scared to turn the pages for fear it's just going to crumble. It's just, it's just an old, dusty book. But that, that writer said, he said, man is made in the likeness of God. And if God is able to choose, then so is man. And he said, what God did when he made man in his likeness is he made a creature with the capability of loving God, but with the capability of breaking God's heart. And that's that's what the Lord's been dealing with for 6,000 years. Do you want to do right? He'll help you. 
Do you want to stand in the right place? He'll strengthen you. Do you want to be right? God will provide you and supply you with everything you need to be right. If you don't, He'll just step back and watch you fall and wait for you to, to cry out to Him and he'll, he'll help you up. But that's, that's how that thing works. Now, all these factors have to be found in combination to keep us from falling. We stand or fall based upon whether or not God holds us up. But God holds up those who want to be upheld. And so there is, there is God's part and there's our, our part in this matter. Now, let's look quickly at some, some things, some reasons for which men stood in the Bible. So, well, you know, I, I, want to, I want to stand in the right place. Well, let's, let's, let's see what the Bible says the right place would be. Where did men stand? For what reason did men stand? And here's what I, what I did in my life, and you can do this in your life. As we go down through these, just put a check by the ones where you're standing and put an X by the ones where you're not standing yet, and we'll, we'll see how we're doing tonight. Hebrews chapter number 10. Hebrews chapter number 10. And we're not going to argue this verse or portion of Scripture dispensationally tonight. We're just going to gain a a truth from this. The Bible says in Hebrews 10 verse 11, And every priest standeth daily, ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. Now, we know there's a dispensational setting here comparing the Old Testament priesthood and sacrifices to the finished work of Jesus Christ. We understand that. But here's what the Bible says. For thousands and thousands and thousands of years, men stood in the presence of God to offer that which was valuable and and of worth in sacrifice to God. And tonight I would ask myself, tonight I would, I would encourage you to ask yourself, am I standing in the place of sacrifice? Am I standing to offer God something valuable, something of worth, something that, that He has said I would like to have that bring that to me? Are you standing tonight sacrificially? You say, well, we're, we're not under the law, we're under grace. Under the, great, under the grace of the Bible says, present your bodies Living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. The Bible, the Bible says that, that we are to offer ourselves to God for His use and for His service. The Bible says, let us offer unto God the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto God. Men stood to offer sacrifice to God, and tonight I'd like to stand in that place of sacrifice. I'd like to stand to offer that which is valuable to the Lord. All right, Acts chapter number 5. Book of Acts in chapter 5. We've got to, go, got to go quickly tonight. We've got all kinds of activity after church. What a bunch of fanatics. They, they come early. They stay late. Acts chapter 5, verse, verse number 25. These men got put in prison for preaching. The Lord got them out of prison miraculously. The Bible says, 525, Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, The men whom ye put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. In the Bible, men stood to teach the truth of the Word of God to those who did not know the truth of the Word of God. 
Now, you want to know where the right place to stand is? Number one, stand in the place of sacrifice. Number two, stand in the place of speaking the truth of the Word of God to people who don't yet know it. Now, if you would purpose in your heart to stand in those places, God would enable you to stand in those places. Good places to stand. All right, uh, Acts 24. Acts chapter 24. Well, that was in, you know, that was, that was in a building. They're in a, in a building, in a gathering of people, a building dedicated for, uh, for worship and for religious activity. But how about this? Bible says in Acts number 24, Acts 24, uh, Apostle Paul's on trial before Felix and he testifies, said in verse 20, or else yet, uh, let uh, some here say if they have found any evil doing in me while I stood before the council, except it be for this one voice that I cried standing among them, touching the resurrection of the dead, I am called in question by you this day. Now we got one in verse, uh, uh, verse number 21. And we got one in verse number 20. Look at verse 10. 10 matches 20. Then Paul, after that the governor beckoned unto him to speak, answered, For as much as I know that thou hast uh, many, uh, been of many years a judge of this nation, I do the more cheerfully answer for myself. And then verse 20, he said, While I stood before the council. So, here's what we want to see. He stood in the public forum. He stood in a place where it was not welcomed, where it was not appreciated. In fact, where it turns out it was not lawful. He stood and cried aloud and proclaimed the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hope you can put a check mark there. Hope you don't have to put an X there. And then, then verse number 20 said, He got in trouble for the stand that he took. He was called to give an account to contrary authorities for the stand that he took. And he stood there and said the same thing again. God wants me to stand in the, in the house of worship and teach those that don't know the truth. He wants me to stand in the public forum and cry aloud to people who don't know the truth. And he wants me to stand when I'm called into question, when I'm accused, when I'm put to trial for speaking the truth, the Word of God. He wants me to keep on standing. Don't back down because it was opposed. Don't back down because it was resisted. Don't back down because it might cost you your very liberty, your very freedom, your very life. He just kept on standing. He just kept on standing. Now, we're just, Bible says, Bible says, let him think of thee stand, take heed lest he fall. God wants us to stand, but it's easy to say, well, I want to stand. But it's different to look and see where people stood. See? They stood in the place of sacrifice. Are we there tonight? They stood in the, in the house of worship and taught. They stood in the public forum and cried aloud. Then they stood in the place of opposition. And repeated the testimony and repeated the truth. Amen. All right, let's go all the way back to the Old Testament. Acts chapter number 8. Acts chapter number 8. This is Moses. Moses is uh, standing... What did I say? Acts? Exodus. Exodus chapter 8. Sorry about that. Exodus chapter 8. I thought that was, see, I didn't have to look up. I could, I could hear the, the, just feel the strange looks through the top of my head. 
Exodus chapter 8. This is Moses. He's doing battle. If you're, if you're from the north, he's doing battle with Pharaoh. If you're from the deep south, he's doing battle with Pharaoh. And I'm not sure where the extra paragraph comes from, but, but it's there. Exodus chapter 8 and verse number 20. And the Lord said unto Moses, Rise up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh. Lo, he cometh forth to the water, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Let my people go, that they may serve me. We are to stand to engage in spiritual battle with the wicked. We are to stand and say to the powers that be, to the rulers of this world, to the wicked in high places, we are to stand and say, thus saith the Lord, you might, you might run Egypt, but you don't run God. You might run China, but you don't run God. You might run, run Washington DC, but you don't run God. You might run an empire, a dictatorship, but you don't run God. Moses stood face to face with Pharaoh. And told him, God said, let my people go. He said, man, he can get a lot of trouble for that. Well, you get a lot of trouble doing lesser things. Some people get in trouble for nothing. Some people get in trouble for doing wickedness. Some people get in trouble for being, for being a troublemaker, a scoundrel. You may as well get in trouble for doing right. The world has gone wrong. And that's, that's, what, that's what this man did. We're just looking at men in the Bible who stood. Who stood. And Moses stood before Pharaoh and said, let my people go. In fact... In fact, he sought out. He said, well, you know, if the Lord brings him across my path, and if the Lord opens the door, and if Pharaoh should, should happen to pass my way and say, is there any word for me from the Lord, I'll take it as a sign. No, it said, Moses figured out where Pharaoh was going to be, and Moses went there and stood there, and when Pharaoh showed up, he told him. Well, if God opens the door for you, I hope you go through it. And if God gives you a, a sign, taps you on the shoulder and says witness to him, I hope you do it. But, but I hope you don't wait for that. That doesn't happen very often. Be good just go and position yourself. I appreciate every time I've been to Washington, D.C., there's been somebody in or around the steps of the Capitol building preaching. I'm glad of that. Now, some of them preach one thing, some preach another thing. But I'm glad there's somebody there just just positioning themselves in such a way as to, as to take on the wicked in high places and let them, let them know and let them hear what the Bible says. All right, Exodus 33. Exodus chapter 33. Here's another good standing place. Exodus 33. This is uh, Moses up on the mountain now. Verse 21, The Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock, and it shall come to pass while my glory passeth by. We'll not read the rest of that tonight, because you mind to wander off, and you'll wonder what my interpretation is compared to his, compared to that. And what, so we're just going to read what we just read. God said, God said, if you'll stand on the rock, we know who that is. God said, if you'll stand by me, I'll show you my glory. Now, people say, well, I sure would like to see the glory of the Lord. Well, what, you think you're going to see it on TV? You think you're going to see it on the Internet? You think you're going to see it in the bleachers at the Little League game? You think you're going to... Listen, you want to see the glory of the Lord, you're going to have to stand in the right place. You're going to have to stand so close to God 
on the person of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, God said to Moses, He didn't say, now wander off on over there and I'll, I'll, I'll send my glory after you. And he didn't say wallow around down there at the foot of the mountain, that golden calf, and I'll, 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 I'll send, a, send you a photograph of my glory. He said, now you stand right here. You stand right by me and you plant your feet on this rock and you'll see my glory. That's the only place you could see it. And so tonight, I'm just, I'm trying to go down the checklist. What I want to know is, do I really want to see the glory of God? Where am I standing? Am I standing close enough to God to see His glory when it passes by? Am I standing solidly enough upon the solid rock, the Lord Jesus Christ, where when the glory of God is manifest, I'll get a glimpse of it? There might be some great things. I hope there are all the prayer been prayed. There might be some great things happen here this weekend in the youth rally. You won't see them. You won't see them if you're not in the right place. Be some great things happen in church on Sunday. Just about every Sunday, something great happens. You won't see it if you're not there. People say, well, you know, I just don't see where you get all the stuff out of the Bible. That's because you never get in the Bible. It's not, it's not going to jump out of the book and wake you up in the middle of the night and say, you, if you'd have read me, you would have seen this. <laughs> you got to stand in the right place. You've got to stand close enough to God. Get a glimpse of that glory when it goes by. All right, Numbers chapter 16. Numbers chapter 16. So we ministered to the unbelievers in a house of worship, and we ministered to the unbelievers in a public forum. Numbers chapter 16. This Korah, he's got a rebellion thing going. And the Bible says in Numbers 16, 8, And Moses said unto Korah, Here I pray you, ye sons of Levi, seemeth it but a small thing unto you, that the God of Israel has separated you from the congregation, to bring you near to himself, to do the service of the tabernacle of the Lord, and to stand before the congregation to minister unto them. And he hath brought thee near to him, and all thy brethren, the sons of Levi, with thee, and seek ye the priesthood also. Now, again, we're not studying all the context of all these things tonight. We're not trying to ignore or violate the context. Korah is a son of Levi. And as a son of Levi, he's been given the privilege and the opportunity of standing before the congregation of the Lord and reading to them from the Word of God so they could hear from His lips the Scriptures. And you know what the Lord said? I'm about to open up the earth and swallow you straight down in the pit because you didn't want to stand there. That wasn't good enough for you. That's interesting, isn't it? He wanted to overthrow Moses. Why? Well, he he wanted a bigger place. He wanted a more important place. He wanted a place of power. You know what the Lord said? What could be more important than standing on God's behalf in the congregation of God's people and reminding them how good God was? Now, you know what the Bible says, 1 Corinthians 10? Let him that thinketh he stand, take heed lest he fall. Somebody can sit in a good church, they could walk into church 
every time the doors were open and stand right there and tell people how good God was to them last night, how good God's been to their family, how great it is to be saved, how wonderful it is to have a new birth, what a blessed thing they saw in the Bible last week, or, or they could resent the fact they're not a deacon and resent the fact they're not the preacher and resent the fact somebody else has more influence with the young people and they could, they could turn that thing into trouble and strife and conflict and the Lord said, why didn't you just stand in the congregation and enjoy being a blessing? A lot of people fall in church. They don't get out of church and then fall. They fall in church. Because instead of standing for God in the congregation, they want... (laughs) They got some other designs on the congregation. They got some other reason for being in the congregation. Listen, I want to be in church, and I want to be in church to be a blessing to God and a blessing to the people. And you st- listen, you go to church, and you can be less than a blessing. You go to church, and you can be, well, the Bible describes it as somebody God hates. He didn't say he hates the man that sows discord at Walmart. He didn't say he hates the man that sows discord in the, in the Target. For those of you who get a little more money than, than Walmart. He said he hates the man that sows discord among the brethren. You gotta be among the brethren to do that. So the Bible said, best thing to do is just stand to minister in the congregation and to the congregation. Alright, Psalm 94. We gotta, we gotta move out here. Psalm 94. Psalm number 94. Psalm 94, verse 16. Psalm 94, 16. Who will rise up for me against the evildoers? Or who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? Hey, you know what we find in the Bible? We find God looking for somebody who will stand against people who work iniquity. How about that? How about that? Can, can, listen, you want to know how far gone your country is? Let, let's, first of all, let's move from, we'll start in the political realm, then we'll move to the church realm. What candidate would last one day saying, if you elect me, I'm going to clean up the booze peddlers. I'm going to clean up the adulterers. I'm going to clean up the liars. I'm going to clean up the thieves. I'm going to get rid of the drug dealers. You don't have anybody standing against iniquity. They might, they might be, uh, one, one party might be 100% liberal and the other party's boldly standing against them because they're only 94% liberal. But I don't hear anybody out there saying, that's a sin against the holy God. God's going to judge and punish a nation if we don't clean up that sin. So, well, so what? We're just going to have to turn to the churches to do it. Really? Every single week, another denomination has thrown the word of God in the garbage can and, and decided to embrace ordained sodomites. The church won't stand against iniquity. 
And said, well, I'll find a conservative fundamental church. Yeah, and you know what you'll find? In, in nine out of ten of those, they will preach the truth of the gospel. Thank the Lord. Jesus loves you. Jesus will save you. They'll preach it every Sunday morning. And every Sunday night, they'll preach you need to attend. And every Wednesday night, they'll preach you need to tithe. Or then they'll flip it up on special occasions. And on Sunday night, they'll preach you need to tithe. And on Wednesday night, they'll preach you need to attend. But who's standing against iniquity? God said, I'm, I am sick, I am sick, I am sick of all the sin. And I'm looking for somebody that will stand and be against it. And man, people don't like this because he doesn't just say against the sin. He said, who will rise up for me against the evildoers? Who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? It's not just the sin, it's the people. It's the people that are doing it. You, sir, it's not that adultery is wrong. You, the adulterer, are wrong. It's not just lying, madam, that is wrong. You, the liar, are wrong. Man, you want to hear that kind of preaching? You've got to get somebody to give you a, a recording of something from 50 years ago, 60 years ago, 70 years ago. He said, well, listen to this guy, man. He's he preaching against sin. Why, should, why is that a novelty? Why is that a relic from a forgotten past? We had a guy one time, man, I say that a lot. This man, his wife came in office and he said, I kid you not, he sat there with a straight face and he said, if you don't quit preaching against the Catholic religion and preaching against homosexuals, we're leaving. And I said, bye. We're going to miss you. He said, no, I'm serious. I said, I'm serious too. You think I'm going to quit preaching against sin and sinners because you don't like it? There's plenty of places for you to go to church. You probably find the one with a woman preacher and a wife. She won't preach against it. Help yourself. Unbelievable. You know what God said? I need, I'm looking for some people to stand. Let him that thinketh he stand to take heed lest he fall. In the Bible, they stood against workers of iniquity. And we, we need to be doing that. All right, Jeremiah chapter 7. Jeremiah chapter 7. You just say the word Jeremiah, you almost know where this is going. Jeremiah 7. Jeremiah 7. Verse number 1, the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Stand at the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim there this word. Hear the word of the Lord, all ye of Judah that enter in at these gates to worship the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, amend your ways and your doings. And I will cause you to dwell in this place, trust ye not in lying words. Verse 5, for if you truly amend your ways and your doings. Verse 7, then will I cause you to dwell in... You know what he did? He stood and preached against false worshipers. Well, I just think that as long as somebody goes to church and as long as they're sincere, that don't you think that, that there's a little bit of good in all religions? No, no, I don't think that at all. And if I did think that, I would repent of thinking that because that thinking is contrary to the Holy Bible. 
God told Jeremiah, I want you to stand against workers of iniquity. And then the next day when it's, when it's uh, worship day, I want you to go down to the house of worship and stand there and tell them they're good for nothing just like the wicked folks. Because they're trusting in lies and falsehood. Oh, you're so negative. You're so critical. People act like I wrote the Bible. I didn't write this. Okay, here's a checklist. People stood to minister and offer sacrifices before the Lord. Can you put a check there and X there? People stood to teach people the truth of the gospel. People stood to cry aloud and give the good news to the lost. People stood to engage in spiritual battle with the wicked. People stood to behold the glory of the Lord. People stood to minister to a congregation of God's people. People stood to oppose the workers of iniquity. People stood to proclaim the word of the Lord to false worshipers. And people stood when they were brought on trial for having said what they said. And they kept standing and they kept saying it. See, so it's one thing to read a verse. Well, let him that think of thee stand. Well, okay, now, now that you see how people stand and what they stood for, are you standing? Are we standing? Or are we already tottering? Are we already uh, on the way down about to hit face first? Let him that think of thee stand take heed, lest he fall. All right, now next, I told you this whole series of messages, but we're, we're going to do it tonight. Next, let's consider some instructions we are given with regard to standing before God and before man. Psalm 130. We just looked at at reasons men stand or reason the Bible that people stood. Psalm 130. Some instruction about standing. Psalm 130. Verse number 3. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. Okay, so you can't even think about standing if you hadn't been saved. Because if the Lord is going to mark iniquities, He's going to knock down everybody who tries to stand up. So the only hope we have of standing is to be forgiven. Correct? Look at Psalm 24. Same idea. Psalm 24. Psalm number 24. And verse 3. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord, and righteousness from the God of his salvation. See, so how am I going to ascend into the holy hill where God dwells? How am I going to stand in the presence of God? Well, I've got to have clean hands, but my hands were dirtied by sin. I gotta have a pure heart, but my heart was defiled by iniquity. So what do I need? I need the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus Christ to save me and make me new. Or I'll never be able to stand. And, and so that's verse number five. That's what he says. Blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. 
My hands, they're already messed up. My heart, it's already messed up. Where am I going to get righteousness? The God of my salvation. So I can stand if I'm saved. I can stand if I'm forgiven. Now, look at, come to Romans 14. Romans chapter 14. Romans 14. Verse number 4, Who art thou judge another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth. Yea, he shall be holden up, for God is able to make him stand. You say, is that possible? Is it possible for God to save me, to cleanse me, to stand me up so completely that I can enter into his holy hill? Look at verse 10. Why dost thou judge thy brother? Why dost thou set it not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. If I can stand before the judgment seat of Christ, then he must have cleansed me sufficiently for me to get to heaven. He must have forgiven me completely enough for me to get to heaven because the judgment seat of Christ is not down here, it's up there. And I couldn't stand up there unless He made me to stand. And He couldn't make me to stand unless I received His forgiveness and His cleansing and His salvation. So praise the Lord. So first thing, if you're going to stand, you've got to be saved. A lost person isn't going to stand against iniquity. All, the, all those things we read about in, in, in standing. Okay, since we're saved... Let's come to Galatians 5. Galatians chapter number 5. So God saves me, cleanses me, stands me up. If you're saved, He saved you, He cleansed you, He washed you, He he stood you up. Now watch this. Galatians 5 verse 1. Stand fast. Therefore, in the liberty... Wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Okay, now, now we, we talked about this last night or the night before in the Colossians class, but this is this is the absolute truth what I'm telling you. If you walked into a church one day under genuine conviction of your sin wrought by the Holy Spirit, aware that you were going to hell when you died. Remember that wonderful day? And you heard the preaching of the gospel that day, and you responded, and you came, you met a preacher, a personal worker, and they opened that Bible, and you put your faith, you really did, you truly did, put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I guarantee you, when you walked out of the church that morning, you did not want a beer. When you walked out of the church that morning, you did not want to smoke pot. When you walked out of the church that morning, you were not looking to commit adultery or rob a bank. With no preaching, no teaching, none of that, you were so happy to be saved by Jesus Christ. You had no desire for sin. Now that happened. I don't don't know how long it lasted. 
But when you got saved, that happened. If you got up that, if you got up off your knees and that preacher said, now listen, the next thing you need to do is run into that wall. You'd have said frontwards or backwards. That, that, listen, that day, that hour, if they'd have said baptism was by four immersions, you'd have said, can we make it five to make sure? I'm just telling you, when, when, when you got saved, you were set so completely at liberty from your sin that you couldn't imagine ever doing it again. You know what the Bible says? It might be the flesh, that'll probably come first. It might be the world, it might be the devil. But not long after you get saved, you are going to be offered numerous opportunities to quit standing in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made you free. You're going to say to your friends, you know, I, I, got, I got saved Sunday, and I, I don't know what all that means, but I sure wish you guys come to church with me. Well, why would we go to church? Are you kidding me? Now you're going to be at the party Saturday night, right? No, 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 no. I, I, guys, you know, I got saved. Well, what are you saying? It's, it's wrong to drink. Jesus turned water into wine. Listen, you're, it's not going to be, it's not going to be a week before your friends or your family or your flesh or your thought life or your television or your, your, uh, Facebook what, is going to be saying, you don't have to stand there. Keep one foot there. and Put one over here. Don't be a fanatic. Don't be a holy roller. Be a, you're so judgmental all of a sudden. You think you're right and everybody else is wrong? Here it comes. You know what the Lord said? I made you as free from sin as you'll ever be this side of heaven. But you've got to decide you want to stay there. You want to stand there you want to move? You want to stay there or you want to go back? Oh, that's harder to check off the list, isn't it? 1 Corinthians 16. 1 Corinthians 16. First Corinthians 16. Verse number 13, 16, 13. Watch ye stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men, be strong. How about that? The faith. You know what that is? That's the whole body of truth and beliefs and principles set forth in the Word of God. Stand right there. Stand right there. That's what he said. You've all seen these, what do they call those guys? Beef eaters, whatever they are. Those guards over there in, in England, they get the big hats on and all the fools come by and want to try to make them laugh and, and cut up and do cartwheels and pretend like they're going to hit them and all that stuff. You know why? People can't stand to see somebody standing. Why can't you just walk by and admire someone with that kind of discipline to stand there unflinching, unfailing? Because, because well, what's the fun in that? And so it's just, it's sport all day long to try and get that guy to move and try and get that guy to fall. For what? Just the satisfaction of knowing I got a guy to fail in his duty. That's it. 
Now you know what's going to happen? You're going to get saved. You're going to start studying that Bible and reading that Bible and applying the Bible to your life and trying to do what the Bible says. And fools are going to come by and do cartwheels in front of you and make faces at you and, and, and run at you like they're going to not, they do anything, anything, anything just to mess you up and keep you from standing for no good reason other than the fact they just can't stand to see somebody standing. You know what that Bible says? Stand fast. Stand fast. Don't let carnal compromisers in the church move you. Don't let, don't let ungodly old-time friends move you. Don't let uh, bitter family members move you. Don't let pressure on the job. Just stand right there. Stand right there. Keep your post. Do your job. Oh, that's a high calling. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2. Now it gets really tough. People don't like this one. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 15. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. You know, there's some things that our churches do. Because good churches and right churches have always done them. And we're not even sure why. It's just that the people that have always been right have always done things a certain way. And a modern generation wants to put its finger to the wind and see what unsaved people are interested in and go that way. And we're just not going to do it. There's nothing wrong with having church on, on Friday, Friday afternoon. But the tradition for 2,000 years has been Sunday. I'm sure you could, my eyes are closed, my eyes are closed. But it's been the tradition in the church for 2,000 years that you put on your best clothes to enter the house of God and be in the presence of God. Well, where's that in the Bible? A lot of things aren't in the Bible. It's been the tradition of the church for as long as anybody can remember that we sang conservative songs that centered around Jesus Christ and honored Him. Now, there might not be a command in the Bible that says you have to use a, a hymn book. And when, what, what we're saying is, how come it is that if somebody joins a soccer team or a dart-throwing club or a, or a, you know, a, 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 a ladies' gardening circle that... Whatever the crazy rules are for that organization, they're glad to follow them because they just want to be part of the group. And what is it that makes people just resent any kind of a structured, organized tradition in a church? What, what is that? It's almost like somebody saying, well, you know, if I could not be here, I'd rather not be here. Just... You imagine a guy, he gets, he gets, he goes through high school and college and he, he gets drafted playing a national football league and he, and he shows up and, the, and he, uh, uh, I mean, pick a team. Who's, who's, what's, they got a team over there and, well, I can't use Tampa because they, they got a different uniform every year. Um, he goes down to Miami and he, he walks in, and it's, we're Miami Dolphins and we wear these kind of, 
It's not really green. It's not really blue. It's supposed to be the color of the ocean, but the ocean hadn't been that color for years. We've got so many people living here now dumping stuff in the ocean. But we got this green color uniform, and that guy said, well, I don't like that green color. I look better in red. I'm going to wear red. First of all, he wouldn't do that because he wants to be on that team. If they told him put a helmet on with a silly porpoise on it and call it a dolphin, he put on a helmet with a porpoise on it and call it a dolphin. Just because he wants to be on a team. People come into church and go, well, what are you going to do that for? How come you'll do that? Well, where's, where, where, show me that. Huh? You know what the Bible said? There have been people doing this for 2,000 years and keeping this church going, and you got saved. The best thing for you to do is figure out how they've stood for all these years and stand right there. Stop telling the people that preserved this thing for, for centuries that you got a better idea. Because you probably don't. Well, that's... Mm-hmm. I don't know if I like that. Well, you... Probably wasn't the first thing tonight you didn't like if you didn't like that. All right, let's go to Mark chapter 3. We're, we're doing great. We're moving right on through here. Mark chapter number 3. Mark chapter 3. Mark 3, verse 24. If a kingdom be divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. If Satan rise up against himself, be divided, he cannot stand. Okay, there's principle. If we're divided in our allegiance, we're going to fall. You're not going to be able to stand as the Lord has asked you to stand. If you're double-minded, if you're divided in heart, if you love God and you love the world, if you want to be a Christian and you want to be carnal, you want to be in, you want to be out, you can't stand. You can't stand. One's a solid rock, one's quickstand. There's no way to keep your balance. It's just not going to happen. So Lord says, divided, divided, can't stand. Then, uh, 1 Corinthians 10, we don't need to go there, we've been reading that. A saint may fall through carelessness. It's not paying attention. It's just quit watching. Ezra 9.15 says we can fall through misconduct. So let's go to Ephesians 6. Ephesians chapter 6. We'll make three more stops tonight. Ephesians 6. Where is it? There it is. Galatians, Ephesians, chapter 6. Verse number 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Okay, some of you, come on, get back in the message. Some of you are still gagging on that tradition part. I thought all we went by was the Bible. The Bible said, Bible said you're better off doing whatever Paul did. Because Paul's following Jesus closer than you were. Well, he did. That's Paul. Paul wrote to Thessalonica, and he said, he said, there's some things I wrote to you in the epistle, and there's some other things that didn't make the epistle, but you know I did them. So you ought to do that. Yeah. 
Well, why do you get to do what he did? Why do you get to do what Caesar did? Why do you have to do what Herod did? The people that resent living like Christians lived don't resent living like heathen live. And that's why they fall. All right. Anyway, Ephesians 6.10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Verse number 13. Wherefore, take unto the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I, I think, I, I might be deceived, I, th- I think, Bible teaching... I might get a nine. Um, loyalty, um, example, uh, maybe six, six and a half. Pastor, okay, give me a two. But listen, here's what this says. If you aren't going to take the shield of faith, if you aren't going to put on the helmet of salvation, if you aren't going to shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel, it's going to do you no good to call me to come and say a prayer for you when you fall flat on your face. The pastor can't make you stand if you're not wearing the armor. Well, you know, I was having a tough time and I just wish the preacher would come. I will come. I will come. I will pray with you. I will, I will weep with you. I'll read the Bible. I'll do everything I can do for you. But I can't make you stand if you're filling your mind with country music instead of the Bible and filling your heart with movies instead of the Bible and, and filling your life with, with vain conversation instead of prayer. I can't make you stand if you're not clothed in the whole armor of God. That's what it said. Take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand. We'll help you. We've got a church full of people to help you. We've got people that will rally around you, pat you on the back, cry with you, encourage you, rebuke you, we'll do everything. But if you're not serious about standing, we can't prop you up. You got to take the helmet of salvation. You got to take the shield of faith. You got to shod your feet in preparation of gospel peace. You've got to pray always with all prayer and supplication of the Spirit. At some point in time, you got to have your own stand. It can't be your preacher's stand. Mm, That's what it says. Habakkuk, chapter 2. What? That's a book of the Bible. Habakkuk. Habakkuk, chapter 2, page 1362. Habakkuk. Oh, okay, Habakkuk. Habakkuk.
chapter 2, verse 1. I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say to me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. You know where you need to be standing? You need to be standing where the Word of God is preached. And it needs to be a place where it's not just all the positive, happy stuff. It needs to be a place where when you need reproof, you're going to get reproof. Habakkuk said, I don't know what God's going to say today. It might be good and encouraging. It might be reproving and convicting. But I'm going to stand where I can hear God's Word. Need to stand there. People don't drop out of church because they got cross with the preacher. And they don't drop out of church because they, 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 something didn't go the way they wanted to. They drop out of church because they don't want to stand anymore. They don't want to stand in the place of hearing what God has to say and hearing that rebuke. I want to stand there. I want to stand right there. Alright, let's go to 1 Kings chapter 10. Last stop of the evening, 1 Kings chapter 10. Well, we got through that in, in a hurry. Moses had faithful helpers to help him stand. God told Joshua no man be able to stand against him all the days of his life. That'd be, that'd be a blessing, wouldn't it? But here's, here's the one we want to finish with tonight. 1 Kings 10. This is being spoken to a king that sat upon a great white throne. Was wiser than any man had ever lived. Wealthier than any human being had ever been. The Bible says in verse number 8, Happy are thy men, happy are these thy servants, which stand continually before thee, and that hear thy wisdom. All I can tell you is, when you walk on the job tomorrow, you'll find out that people who aren't standing where God told people to stand are not happy. And if you walk in the schoolhouse tomorrow and listen and watch, you'll find that people who aren't standing where God told them to stand are not very happy. If you turn on the radio or the TV or the internet, what what you'll find from morning to noon tonight is... People who aren't standing where God told them to stand are not happy. And whether you like it or not, or enjoy it or not, or or are part of it or not, there's a sound you heard tonight when you walked in this building. You heard hundreds of people talking in happy tones. You don't hear that anywhere else. And when the music started and the people began to sing... There was, a, there was a, a tone and a quality and an attitude in that singing you won't hear on any station on your secular radio. It's not there. And as soon as this church service is over, after the momentary grumbling about having to leave the auditorium so swiftly... That happy sound will kick back in again and it'll go on for hours. 
Because I'm telling you, if you hadn't decided yet, if you're still uncertain, happy, happy are the men and the women who stand continually in the presence of our great King. There's just, there's nothing like it. There's no life like it. And you can hear it. The songwriter said, we have heard the joyful sound. Jesus saves. You can hear it when you walk into a good church. You can hear it when that church begins to sing. You can hear it as they respond to the preaching. You can hear it in the fellowship after the service. There's a happiness that comes from standing in the right place that you can't find anywhere else. Praise the Lord. Wherefore, let him that think of thee stand, take heed. Don't, don't, don't let that be a negative warning. Take heed. You're standing in the right place. Take heed. This is a good stand. Just stay right there. Stay right there. Amen. All right, Father.